Aloha Maui Nui. Jason Burkhardt. Josh Porter. Here for the Solar Coaster, episode 109. Episode 109, we're going to have an opportunity to speak with Brian K. Aloha of Hawaii Energy today, the executive director. Uh, pretty excited about this. It's kind of like we got a bit of an arc here where we're talking to a lot of decision makers in Hawaii specifically, uh, alongside of all these amazing things that are happening, you know, in the residential space and utility space, also in the commercial space. Yeah, this is, this is really about helping the most uh, number of people get access to solar and renewable energies as possible. Yeah, and, and I, I'm kind of excited. And we got another decision maker here, uh, uh, Mr. Doug McLeod. Want to say hi, Doug? Say hello, uh, say hello to the internet. Aloha, folks. No, I think the only decision <laughs> I made was to come by this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Doug is a reg regular contributor and friend to the Solar Coaster. Been on the show a handful of times over the years, and, I think and we can has, say. And has quite a history yeah, in uh, energy here. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of background here in Maui. Uh, so um, let's do this. We're going to jump right into this show. Uh, is this episode 109, Jay? Did you say that? I think so. That's what that's what you wrote on the email. Yeah, so, yes. 109. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go through our uh, housekeeping, got some great news and events to cover, a lot of cool things happening in the world, yep. and uh, we'll be able to jump over and uh, get a call in from uh, Mr. Brian K. Aloha to hear about Hawaii Energy and, and hopefully touch base on some of this, uh, you know, HGIA stuff as well. Excellent. All righty. Hey, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We, you can be found Fridays at 105 p.m., Uncle Oi, 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Great website, www.solar-coaster.com. You can go there, listen to all our old shows, 108 shows deep at this point. Uh, if there's something that you're interested in, solar, renewable, whatever, chances are we've talked about it already. Uh, go check the show titles. We're also available on podcast networks, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn all carry the solar coaster. Soon to be many more if our uh, social media guru has his way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Big shout out to Nathan. Check it out, man. Go Appreciate for it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, we can do to the podcast. Okay, let's do it to the sponsor. So we got uh, Sundrum Solar. Uh, Mr. Michael Lentieri is on island presently. He's doing a whole bunch of great projects. Aloha, yep. Michael, uh, CEO of Sundrum Solar. Uh, Pantech Design. Uh, I know a lot of exciting things are happening with Pantech. Pantech just did uh, a Sonin Ecolinks house with two 20 kilowatt hours Sonin. I saw it posted Good. up on LinkedIn nice. yesterday. Uh, with uh, it looks like a really nice house, and yep. uh, probably all full suite of Crestron and awesome kind of uh, smart house products. And then LG Chem, and we had uh, Lynn and a couple of her staff members, one from HQ from Korea actually here, one from mm -hmm. uh, from the, the US, from the Southeast uh, here uh, last week. Got a yep. chance to really uh, you know connect with uh, Lynn. Yeah, it's and amazing how plans. many folks are actually coming through town because Maui is the place to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why is that? Hey folks, this is the call-in show, 808-242-7800. 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. If you'd like to jump on in and talk to us, please do so. We're gonna jump over to the Pantech Design Minute now. Pantech Design Minute number seven, smart weather forecasting. This Sonin Equalinks feature makes use of weather forecast information from the Adapt Energy Automation Package to dynamically modify the battery's backup reserve setting. If the Adapt Energy Automation Package detects a severe weather event warning in your area, the system will automatically start the Sonin Equalinks battery charging up to 100% to prepare your home for the incoming storm and a potential loss of grid power. This maximizes your battery capacity for backup power when it is needed most. Furthermore, the Adapt EA package can notify other home automation systems like lighting, shades, thermostats, or other devices, which can then be adjusted to ensure the safety and security of your home. Imagine using this system to prepare for extreme weather here in Maui. Adapt will simultaneously take steps on your behalf, like topping off your home battery, powering up your EV, pre-cooling your home, or preheating your hot water system. 
all of these systems together, make sure that you are ready to take on the upcoming storm. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. Very uh, excited to continue to learn about Panzac Design and all the technology they're deploying uh, in the in the renewable, renewable energy space, which just hasn't been done before. Well, renewable energy space, but I mean, really, it's just a matter of trying to figure out. I think we talked about this before, but but it's just the whole home automation thing was never really aware of home energy, and home energy wasn't aware of home automation. But every time they bring in another technology that is probably pretty mature in the home automation space, it enables so many more wacky sci-fi things you can do with your house of the future. <laughs> and I think it's difficult to imagine what that would be. Sure. Until those kind of Until, worlds start talking to each yeah. other, it's it's really like, it's hard to map it out and say, oh, if these two guys got together, this thing would happen. Yeah. I, I don't see it quite like that. I see it more like, hey, you know, this is uh, uh, something that's just really... Uh, taken off once those guys got a chance to talk. So yeah. very good, uh, Pantech. Looking forward to more of that shortly. Sure. You uh, ready to do uh, some uh, news and events? Jay? News and events right away. Um, Jinko Solar was honored at uh, Intersolar with a, an award for their new Swan by Facial Solar Panels. Um, we tend to geek out on solar panels and efficiencies a lot, uh, but these things are really, really excellent. Um, it's it's um, 400 plus watts per panel. Um, they're light because they're not glass glass. They, they came up with the bright idea of actually using a transparent regular back sheet, so they're much more like the, the weight light. of a traditional right. panel. That's a big uh, difference. It's We've a big carried difference. You've yeah. carried them around, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Successfully and unsuccessfully. Yeah, sure, thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I am guilty of destroying of destroying a wonderfully gorgeous ever, sun cream panel. Did you ever see a bifacial slowly crack? <laughs> Not yet. It's it's a real hoot. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> for you, for you, it was. It wasn't for me because I did it. So, uh, so yeah. So was, no, this is interesting. Bad. So it's a transparent. <laughs> it's a transparent back sheet, Jason Bearcart. And so we're looking at what is the material here? I mean, the bottom line is that it's lighter. Right. right. So yeah, well, typically for your bifacial panels, it's it's glass and another pane of glass, and they laminate mm -hmm. the uh, silicon cells. So that's what in, they've done in, in between. And so what they've done is instead they've used a transparent material for the Look regular back sheet, the white plastic key stuff right. that it's mounted on in the back, and you can get all the benefits of bifacial at like almost half the weight. So that's that's interesting. Pretty stellar. You guys might talk. I'm not sure it's clear to people if these panels are both a ground mount thing and a you know rooftop thing. You know these particular ones sound like they're more rooftop than some of the others. Bifacials generally need to have a significant amount of space underneath them. So it's not like you think of your, your traditional rooftop panel where it's mounted right on the roof where you get like a couple inches clearance and stuff like that. They really need to have what at least half a foot. And many people people say a lot it's more. You know it's debatable, right? Sure. And, and it's only a couple years that the bifacial kind of of, uh, boom started to hit again mm -hmm. and initially I'll tell you what first thing we did was put some on a roof because <laughs> so, we were excited about it right and right. then it, it certainly didn't create any problems it's just do you get uh, is there a significant enough albedo right reflectivity capability yep. which has to do with the reflection of the material of the, the material beneath it as well as the you know the the orientation yep. right so um, generally speaking they look they look like ground mount uh, or carport I haven't seen any carports but I think it's a beautiful pavilion option for like yeah. a you know, yeah. an architectural space where you could be around solar. I think it's really something nice. But, but in my view, I'm kind of watching this question, right, for the rooftop section. How, um, you know, what type of what type of characteristics can they use with these newer systems, and will they will it be reasonable? At one point, if it's like the same price as a, a white back sheet, and even if you can get five or so percent, why wouldn't you take it? You know, that's my my view on it. I mean, you guys yeah. have all seen those TV ads, you know, for the roof for the white, you know, kind of roll on coating. Yeah, like you know, Geico, whatever, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the brands. I mean, if you could come up with the right formula of that, you know, uh, plus, 
you know, new round of bifacial panels, uh, that, oh. that could be so, pretty. Uh, so we're going to geek out for a moment. And Jay's like, move fast through Swan. Not going to happen, Jay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, what I want to see is I want to see an Everest dome mount, which is like that kind of dimpled, uh, you know, rooftop config uh, type of racking where you're, 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 they're, they're, they're kind of counter, uh, a counter azimuths, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And then I want to see you him need as to bifacial. Explain it better for radio. Well, you, they can, don't. <laughs> you, can, you can explain it. So, but the point is that let me get the idea. And then having like a Geico kind of uh, you know high albedo reflectivity kind of uh, sealant, which people want anyway out here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you know, and then being able to optimize that. And geez, Louise, if you need some, you wanted to put some on roof solar. If you're, if it's a flat roof, you could do your ballast with your batteries. And all the <laughs> so. warranties suddenly match. You know, you got a new roof warranty. Yeah, no, no, I think it's a great idea. All right, yeah. but I, I'm gonna stop talking all about right, this. Right. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the Swan, uh, the Solar Module Super uh, from from Super Jinko League. Solar. It, it, this is the thing, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they had a really cool. Uh, what do they call it again? The Cheetah Cell technology. So it's not only a Swan, but it's also a Cheetah. All right. Well, that's that's their their half size module. So the cells. Oh, the half cuts. Yeah, the half cuts. Okay, check that out, guys. If you want to geek out on solar panels, which one? Which one's next, Jay? <laughs> Your Solar Edge. Go. Solar Edge. Go. <laughs> solar Edge. So Solar Edge uh, basically launched a. Uh, smart panel for the roof. Oh right. Now, Solar Edge is, is, is an inverter manufacturer, right? That's how I know them. Well, they're, uh, yeah, they are. Well, they were a year ago before they went on a buying spree, mm -hmm, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And they bought uh, Kokum. We actually ran into those guys, which is a Korean battery manufacturer yep. in uh, InterSolar in Munich. Yep. And they a year earlier, they went into uh, big into uh, overall kind of energy for the house. They did talk, got into software and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. And uh, now they're, um, they're, they basically launched a solar panel, which is interesting. It has an integrated DC optimizer to it. It has a 12 year workmanship warranty and a, uh, what is it? A 25, 25 year performance, performance warranty, warranty. guarantee, which is, which is typical of all panels. Uh, but what's interesting about this is that they, what is the term they used here? It was panel, that was the term Jay, it's panel to grid total solution. And this is what's happening in the marketplace, these vertical integration of these technologies, panel grid solution from a single vendor. If you yeah. think about our conversations with LG, LG Electronics has a, a top-notch panel, the Neon at 360 plus, almost 380 watts probably at the end of the year. Yep. And then that's a, and then they have a, uh, uh, now they launched an inverter, LGE, and of course yep. LG, Chem has, LG the battery. Chem has the battery. So you're seeing the same type of thing happening across other com companies that are saying, we want to have panel to grid capabilities, smart house capabilities, we're going to do the full Full package, yeah. and I and I and I really like that because literally it's it's one person to call one. Um, <laughs> you're yeah. making the yeah. You, you don't I, know, I, I don't. I don't. You, you go, can go, say go, it. Go ahead. One, right neck one neck to joke. One neck to joke. When, when you need tech support, there's no finger pointing between different. Well, it's it's this company's thing, or it's that company's thing, or whatever else. It's all LG, or it's all Solar Edge. It's it's one vendor that you go to, and they need to fix it. It does beg the question, though, if it, if it if it starts to become you know this one company that's doing everything, you know they're they're white labeling racking even, you know they're going across the board and they're providing all the equipment. It's like, are are, are is, is one company not going to survive? in the future in this space? Are people going to choose one over the other? I, I, think, very I think, yeah, I think we need to roll out a whole lot of solar, a whole lot of storage. I think there's plenty of room in the market for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so sure. I don't think there's anything, you know, other, this is a competing thing with Enphase. I mean, you know, this is, this is the, this Enphase, is the competition. Today, yeah, but you know? Enphase's concept is a little different. When you start talking about the new IQ, I mean, this is, this is a single panel with a micro inverter that is grid aware and will either 
start its own sine wave or conform to a sine wave. You're talking sees. about Enphase right now, yeah, Ensemble. That's, that's, so he brought that up. Well, yeah, no, Enphase <laughs> is. I mean, it is. Uh, Solar Edge and Enphase are direct competitors, yep. and that's and and as and now LG's moving into that space, right? Yeah. So, but you know, uh, micro, uh, Enphase's kind of approach is as a microinverter, you have actual microinverters integrated to the panels. The panels. I don't think Enphase has white labeled a panel yet, have they? I think they licensed it actually. Uh, LG yeah. is one of the ones. Yeah. Okay, so they got a relationship with LG, but they're kind of they're, they're, when they market it, it's an LG panel and an Enphase microinverter, right? Yeah, all the guys marketing that AC panel, the famous AC sure. panel. That's what this is, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one here is a DC panel. It's DC optimized. Right. 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 I'm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but and so, you know, and then so what, what Enphase is going to be doing by the end of the year in 2019, uh, just tail end of that, we're going to see those new 3.3 kilowatt hour uh, battery banks coming out that are lithium iron phosphate. So you, know, you mm -hmm. have Enphase playing in the space, you have uh, you have LG playing in the space, you have SolarEdge playing in the space, and you have uh, Sonin out there certainly playing in the space in Europe and in Australia yep. and stuff. It's extremely too. strong performer Very, there. You know, yeah. They're all kind of starting to integrate all their technologies, which is really exciting. So um, uh, yeah, cool stuff with from SolarEdge. I dig it. Aloha to Lior, the founder and some of our friends out there. Good job, guys. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what is your next flavor? Of uh, home solar panel installations fall by 94%. As, as subsidies Where? are cut. Now, this is happening in the UK. Um, Labour uh, Party actually is actually accusing the UK government of actively dismantling the solar power industry. Um, crazy, <laughs> crazy inflammatory headlines, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, they are they're taking apart their whole um, subsidy program, and so you have to pay really what these things cost. You're not going to get a tax break or anything for installing solar. Uh, and, and they've seen a huge fall off. Uh, my concern is that we're headed toward a similar thing. The ITC is going to be rolling off. This is the last year that you're going to be able to get the full um, the full value for it in it for the federal. And and I mean, wh what's going to happen when you, you mean you until actually, Bernie gets in there and they're all free? There you go. Let's see that. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think so. Um, so hey, that, hey, that, look, you know, we're seeing China this trying language. to do that, we're and they they found they couldn't pay for it. We're seeing right, sure. So we're seeing this language uh, post subsidy solar in Europe. Right. So this is maybe one of those uh, to me. I haven't really seen the evidence of that. Like I haven't been able to follow on a on a uh, area regional basis what's actually happening in terms of the size. Maybe, you know, Doug, because I don't really have to read on it. It's really been uh, kind of a pattern where each of these countries in Europe, the original systems were all be built around variations on a feed in tariff model. And mm -hmm. everyone's realized that it was basically too good to be true uh, on one side of the deal. And they're paying too much for the power. So in Spain and Italy, you saw collapses, you know, but, you know, there's still great places to do solar and, and you, you know, they're, they're coming back now a little bit. But, you know, in England, kind of the same way. I mean, you know, it's just how do you make the policies match up for the long term? Because at first, these things all start with the idea that we're trying to create sure. an incentive. Let's get people to do this. And, and if hey, no try this new thing. Exactly. Try this new thing. It's important. Exactly. So, you know, you just reach that point where if you, you're a victim of your own success, where you went in based on a model that was, let's just get people into the game, kind of like we did with NEM, right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I, we're all gonna, those, those policies really are were meant to jumpstart an industry. Well, now the industry needs to figure out its way forward without the, the, the jumpstart. Okay, just to throw it. <laughs> Eventually, you have to take the jumper cables off and I want, run. I want to throw a climate-sized monkey wrench into this machine here. So uh, it, given that the time that we're in right now with this 10-year yep. window to uh, counter irreversible change to our planet, is it a good time to prove out an industry? 
hey, we got to make this thing fair. And gonna be, <laughs> should we just not should we just not throw a bunch of incentives at it and do our best to kind of uh, accelerate it? I mean, we're one tenth of where we need to be uh, on a sure. yearly basis yeah. of solar deployments globally. Yeah. We're at 108 gigawatts last year in 18. We need to be at a terawatt to have even a shot. And if we were to you know comp, you know levelize and not even retract on our, our GHG emissions, I mean, what, what should we be sitting here going? We got these these industries need to stand <laughs> stand on their own two feet. Is that the type of austerity we need right now in this time for our planet? It, it, you need to give people a window of confidence, right? And it's how long does that window need to be? Is it years? Is it, you know, and, and you know, here we've been so lucky in Hawaii because all of these tax credits for us came without a cap. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you, I as a potential developer could sit there at the beginning of the year and really kind of feel comfortable that until the ledge is back in session, we are safe with this project. <laughs> and so, you know, you kind of have that model. And, and, and there's yeah. a cap for the state side isn't there no that's oh. no sorry and like on an individual site you mm -hmm. know like you get 35 percent up to a dollar figure but mm -hmm. i'm saying that there's not a cap in millions of dollars on how oh, much can okay. be spent yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not the case in all states and it made a huge difference here year after year that you could plan around that mm -hmm. right okay okay great Okay. All right, where, where are we next? Fantastic. <laughs> let's, so. let's move on. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, no, no, fine. So we've talked about Facebook before getting um, getting a lot of solar, uh, but now, like, just this week, seems like there's just news after news after news. Starbucks, Bank of America, Anheuser-Busch are all rolling out multi-hundred <clears throat> megawatt installs. And the interesting place is where these are all going in. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't know where they're going in. Oh, Texas. <laughs> Texas. They're all going into Texas. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty odd. Uh, I think the Bank of America is the only one that's not really doing it. Um, they're specifically putting in, um, in installations on their uh, retail spaces, the the actual bank locations. Uh, mm. So they're they're going all over the place because they're at, they are all over the place. Arizona, California, Connecticut, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Maryland. It just, it just keeps going. Um, so 2020-2021 Bank of America plans to install panels on all their retail locations and, and administrative office buildings. So that's a lot of places. So I mean, you know, one of the things that uh, that occurs to me right out of the gate, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Doug, and I were talking about the relative cost of deploying utility-scale solar in the country, and uh, he'd indicated that Texas was one of the most forgiving environments to do utility-scale solar. So uh, some of the lowest prices per watt to mm -hmm. install it, right? yeah, uh, and on the order of about half of what it costs to do it here. And, and it's becoming so. a real draw in these locations because of that. I mean, it's li so, literally corporations are making decisions on where to put their offices based on renewable energy availability. Or, or the solar farms, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, there's three cents solar out there all day long at the moment. I mean, how long, you know? Does it last? Yeah. I mean, if you're a corporation, this is a pretty easy call. I get all this good credit, and, uh, you know, I don't have to do any tough math about balancing out exactly Save where a bunch of money, is. and you look like a great guy, yeah, great company, yeah. and it's a greenwashing going go on. Wrong. Hey, look at us. We're nice guys. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so it's a, it's a win. So that was, uh, yeah, and then, of course, uh, Anheuser-Busch as well, right? They were talking about uh, doing uh, some similar things and making some big pushes with uh, a 222-megawatt solar project in uh, in Texas, too. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. There we go. Where so, we do we want to talk about Maui before we uh, we end our news segment? Because we, we really we should. We do. <laughs> There's an awful lot going on. Uh, we do have a correction to issue. Um, Doug, we reported last week that there was a rate increase for uh, Miko that was the PUC had approved, and over the last the, the end of last week or the beginning of the week here, um, we had a conversation. You explained this to me in a much better sense. Um, 
the interim rate that was approved and is already applied to everyone's bills is pretty much the same as the rate increase that was approved. So the, the net is a wash. You're not, you're actually not going to see another 3.7 increase on your bill. It's kind of already built in. Is that, is that correct? That's my understanding. Yeah, you got that yeah. right. And, and okay. you're using the bill terminology, which is so important, right? That's right. what most people care about, right? Is their bill going to be going up much? And mm-hmm. we, we had a very unusual set of events here uh, in this last cycle. And, and really, we are actually, for once, the beneficiaries of Trump. And, you know, the tax cut that they enacted for corporations affected MECO. MECO, in their original rate case, built all of their math around the old tax code. Mm-hmm. So when they went in, they requested, you know, it was a 9% or whatever increase. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the usual process, game, whatever you want to call it, is, you know, the utility asks high and it gets reduced down a little bit. Yep. But here, what ended up happening is they, they had picked this interim rate. And by the time you backed out all of the tax stuff, you know, and, and a couple other little adjustments, yeah, it really looks like for the for the average person, this is not going to be anything meaningful at all. So there's no, there's no major change to the bills. Yeah, no major, no major change to the bill because it was our, the interim rate hike that was we talked about last year. If um, you're a residential customer, average yeah. residential customer, yes, you're yes. not going you, to see any. You are not seeing any big increase in your okay. bill, and, yeah. and again, that's, that's a big clarification. Yeah. So I apologize for for yeah, that's blowing good. the whistle on that that's one. That's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, before we head over to our commercials, we're almost there. I do want to call attention to a civil beat article. Uh, as Hawaiian Electric ambitious plan to quit using coal is a moon mission, and I want to just uh, it, there's it's a great article. Check it out. It talks all about the utility scale stuff that's happening around uh, uh, Hawaii. But in this one particular uh, a sentence here. On Oahu alone, the company expects replacing uh, AES will result in 20 to 29 contracts with private developers and total investment of 2.5 to 4 billion, uh, including land costs. Uh, Projects expect to occupy 3,000 acres, the equivalent of 29 Aloha stadiums. That's just on Oahu. That's just on Oahu. Well, Oahu has. Uh, And that's embarrassing, right? AES is like 180 megawatts. Right. You know, so do that as dollar per watt. That is not very cost-effective uh, right? replacement power, right? Oof, yeah, man, yeah. but there's a lot of movement out there. So check that out, that article out there, folks. It looks yeah. like we are um, we are doing this thing with 100% renewable energies. Okay, let's jump over to our commercial uh, break, and we're going to come right back with Brian K. Aloha from Hawaii Energy. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. 
LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. Okay, those are our wonderful uh, sponsors. Thank you so much for keeping the solar coaster on air. We can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Uh, we are here uh, with uh, Brian Kealoha from Hawaii Energy. This is a big deal. Uh, Brian, can you hear us okay? I can. Can you hear me? I sure can. Perfect line. Yeah, yeah. Perfect Excellent. line. So welcome to the Solar Coaster, Brian. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, uh, Jason, myself, and Doug here in the studio today. It's a surprise gift for for the uh, the conversation. So we, uh, yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. We've had Walter on a couple times in the past. He's done a great job kind of giving us a sense over the uh, couple of episodes, kind of what Hawaii Energy is all about. Um, but yeah, we'd really love to, you know, hear your story and, and kind of uh, hear what you're up to these days. So uh, yeah, thank you again. Oh, absolutely. Mahalo for having me on the show. Great. So, uh, Brian, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Um, you know, uh, how, uh, what is your role within Hawaii Energy? Uh, and then how did you kind of come to that position? And what island were you born on? <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> told about that. So, uh, my background, I'm, I'm the executive director here at Hawaii Energy. I was actually born, born on Oahu, but my family moved over to Maui uh, right when I was in eighth grade. So I'm a proud alum of St. Anthony High School there in Wailuku, Maui. Um, but my background is that I've spent a number of years both with utilities here at Maui Electric as well as a couple of utilities on the mainland and then in the private sector for about 10 years doing energy efficiency and renewable energy projects before uh, joining Hawaii Energy about three years ago to, to be their new executive director. So quite a uh, quite a background and, and a lot of experience there. And then Hawaii Energy is really, you know, we did get a chance to talk with Walter. Mm -hmm. He gave us a sense. He's actually come in a couple of times in a and kind of announced initiatives at the right time, you know, when you had some new rebates and things like that. But Hawaii Energy is uh, is doing some really great stuff. Can you give us just kind of a brief recap of what Hawaii Energy is up to these days? Sure, absolutely. Happy to. And, and, and thanks for having Walter on in, in past shows. I, Walter's one of our... One of our best energy advisors, and he's you know he's got the entire island of Maui to, to help. And you know our goal and our mission is really to help our families and businesses reduce the cost of their electric bills. And so we have a number of e rebates available for anything that you can think of, whether it's in your home with your appliances to within your business, your lights, your air conditioning systems. If it uses energy, there's probably a way that we can help you out. Uh, and that can be anything from technical assistance to, again, financial rebates. And I think part of what we're going to even talk about today is how do we get over some of the first costs of, of being able to afford energy efficient equipment. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and that's an exciting area. So and it's kind of it's amazing. You know what I find amazing is that we, we're, we're, we're talking with, you know, Sharon and Greg and the, and, the, and the people from the utility. We're talking with Gwen Yamamoto from HGIA. And we're talking with you. And we can see that there's a lot of people working very hard in, in, in a number of organizations. To, try, to, to just try to find solutions and try to bring opportunities to, uh, to homeowners and to businesses alike to make this energy shift. 
so this idea of 100% renewable energies and of reducing our, our inefficiencies, it's not some pie in the sky idea. People are working every day. There's a lot of people out there doing this kind of uh, this kind of work. In, so, in various capacities, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, so you've got, um, w one of the things that kind of, uh, you know, I guess initiated the call, I think we were talking with Walter a little bit, and uh, I mentioned that we were talking with Gwen Yamamoto Lau from HGIA, and he said, oh, well, if you're talking with her, you really got to talk to Brian, <laughs> you yep, know? Yep. <laughs> so is there, and then of course, since then, um, I, I've, I'm not really clear actually to be to be to direct with you how you're interacting with HGIA. Um, I do know from a former contributor to the Solar Coaster Ted Pack of Holu Ho that there's some, uh, you know, especially on the commercial level, there's some kind of pairing up of these, uh, I would say, subsidies and, and support mechanisms. But can you give us a sense of, of how you're bringing value and what type of work you're doing in that area? Sure, absolutely. You know, as I was touching on a little bit earlier, one of the the biggest barriers for uh, whether it, whether you rent a home or you're a homeowner or you're a business, uh, getting having the upfront capital to be able to install energy efficient equipment can be quite a challenge. And so we're always working with uh, stakeholders in the community that provide options and opportunities to find ways to spread that cost out over time. And, and obviously, you've seen a lot of success with this in the PV area. You see a number of credit unions and banks that offer a number of different loans or, or access to lines of credits or, or financing products to help get PV installed. And so that's the same kind of tack that we're trying to tackle within the energy efficiency space. We have a real unique challenge here in Hawaii in that what we consider to be average or you know medium-sized businesses, that's a small business to, to a lot of folks on the mainland. And mm -hmm. when you put it in that lens, the financing products that are available, coupled with you know usually the size and the amounts of energy efficiency equipment, ends up being pretty low. So the availability of capital can be a little bit of a challenge. And so that's why we're really excited to be able to work with GEMS. Uh, you know, GEMS was created specifically to, to finance uh, clean energy technologies. Within that, they've been able to further expand their role to get into energy efficiency in a number of areas. And, you know, I think one of the areas that we're working most closely with them on is within the solar water heating program. Since, again, for homeowners, that can be a big upfront cost, but the returns are, are significant. So we, we work closely with GEMS to, one, help, help with the marketing and outreach and support for, for their program because it's tied into ours because anybody who will go and move forward and put in a solar water heater, as an example, they'll still receive the, uh, the rebate from, from Hawaii Energy. So that's, you know, there's a, there's a double win there that there's, GEMS is really you know, helping us get this get is interesting. technology installed. I really get, now that's a great example. I think we can kind of look at the solar hot water heater technology as a way to kind of understand the different support components. Mm -hmm. uh, of, and that's, and it's a great one too, because it's a tried and true technology, right? Right, it's something it's well everybody's known, familiar with. <laughs> and it's got a great efficiency. It's kind of understood basically how it functions. We kind of understand the longevity of it, you know. So if I understand correctly, right now, uh, HGIA is providing uh, funding to for PV as well as for solar hot water, right? Correct. So, and they can finance energy efficiency within certain segments. The state governments, one of them, um, nonprofits. Uh, on the residential side, I think it's just solar water heating. 
Right, right. So if you were to finance a solar hot water, and they got some great interest rates and some really uh, attractive terms, right? So you could right. you could be no out of pocket. I believe it doesn't affect your debt to income ratio, as I understand right. it. So you're in a really great position. You get this product that that everyone is really kind of confident in performing well, immediately creating a, a reduction in your electric bill, uh, and your not to mention mitigating your you know your greenhouse gas contribution, your carbon footprint. Yep. Um, then you also have tax credits, right? So you have your thirty percent right. federal. You have your 35% state. I believe it's capped at 2250, if I'm not mistaken. The solar hot water. Does that sound right, Brian? That and, sounds about right. Yeah, and then uh, you also have a maybe a rebate from uh, Hawaii Energy. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, so we've got. I think it's a maybe it's 750 right now. Right? It's correct. That's correct. 750. Yeah. So look at that right there. You have a fully funded you have a technology that everyone kind of completely embraces as as a, as a, a great win, right? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I just wanted to be clear for the, your audience. I mean, uh, if you're thinking about a hot water heater, this is an electric hot water heater to get this rebate. Okay, not a gas one. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. There yeah. you go. So um, the electric hot water heater, uh, and then so, but with solar electric hot water heater, right? Correct. Going to a solar thermal uh, water heater uh, with electric, with, with electric are, boost. We are right. doing some uh, solar. PV water heating as well. Um, I did notice that. I did notice that. That was there was some bad. And then the thing that occurred to me with that is that I hadn't really seen some bad in market uh, uh, since maybe a year or so ago. So I was wondering if you were getting any traction with that. Maybe talk more about that afterwards. But but just to map out the finance of this, folks, you have a great technology. You have something that is fully funded. Uh, so you're, there's no cap capital out. It's no there's no effect on your credit report. Then you get tax credits for it. You get savings on your bill, and you get tax credits for it, and you get a grant for crying out loud. I can't even think of what else you could layer onto that. I mean, is there anything else out there? It's so good. <laughs> Only because you asked. If you live in Maui County, Maui County has a 0% revolving loan fund limited to solar hot water heaters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, and, and I do remember we're talking with uh, uh, Gwen okay. about uh, a reserve in the loan for, um, and it's, it makes sense, especially for solar hot water, for O&M, um, uh, for operating and maintenance. So, right. for example, when you need a, one of the problems with solar hot water, as I understand it, I'm no expert in solar hot water, but is that the longevity can be complex compromised by a lack of upkeep, Correct. a schedule of yep. upkeep, kind of like yep. a car, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you got fluid moving around, you got to take some steps on a variety of things, but if you do that, you should be able to get like 20 years plus out of your system, as yep. I'm, I'm told from experts in the field, right? Uh, I, yeah, there's, warranties there's, there's, tend there's to be this, around 10, yeah. um, but, but the point is that, that you have all of this amazing support for taking this step that not only saves you money, but is the right thing to do. I, I just, I feel kind of proud of our community, if, if, frankly. Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. There's, there's, I want to get more specific. For the folks that do have have solar hot water and you don't take care of it there is a uh, sacrificial anode in there it's usually zinc um, you need to replace it every so often call your local hot water solar yeah. solar hot water folks have them come service it i believe brian it's a hundred dollars you get a hundred dollar a hundred dollar rebate off whatever they bill you for which isn't that much i mean they really literally just screw it off the top take put a new one in uh, but you do want to do that because if it doesn't if you don't do it all the sacrificial metal is is eaten away and then the hard water will start eating the tank and that's where your maintenance kind of falls down there you go <laughs> i've participated I twice in their solar tune-up i installed my yeah. system in in 2002 i just serviced it again um this past month so it's, mm -hmm. it's going strong yeah they'll last they'll last a good long time as long as you take care of them <laughs> So, so Brian, let me ask you a question here. What do you, what are your thoughts about this new on-bill financing program from GEMS, from HGIA? And I, the reason I ask this is we're just getting, there's a, I would call it a fervor in the community at the <laughs> sure. moment, right? Sure. Um, do you have anything, is there anything you'd like to share about that or any ideas or can you, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that? 
Sure. Uh, you know, I think we're still waiting to see how this will all play out. But I, at least I will say in, in concept, the ability to, to pay this back over on the electric bill is, really, one, it's convenient, right, from the standpoint of that's where your savings are coming from. And two, for a lot of different people, whoever, you know, institutions you may be or renters or anything along those lines, it, it does allow for a better alignment of who may be paying the bill and who's seeing the savings. And, um, you know, if we see this jumping into other areas, you know, particularly um, maybe not just residential focus, uh, you look across the country of where they have on-bill type financing, and it does spur market activity. And so I think we're really excited. We'll see We'll see how this starts to come in. We do, ha- you know, we do have a couple projects going on with, with gems right now in in that process, um, and we'll see if it really. Right, can can we can we back it up for just a second and actually explain what the gems program is for the folks that are did miss the last show? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, um, geez, Hawaii <laughs> Green Infrastructure Authority is HGIA, right? Yep. And we do have a show for this, and you can check out um, solar-coaster.com. Yeah. Go there, listen to the whole show. And the uh, the on April eighth of two thousand and nineteen, uh, the the program that was rolled out was is effectively an on bill financing uh, uh, fund, you know, that mm-hmm. allows uh, a a loan to be issued to the meter rather than to the individual. A renter can uh, can if they have access to a meter, if their their name is on the meter, yep. a renter can apply for this program. Have and they fund different things. Apparently, uh, they're funding, uh, I believe, PV hot water, solar thermal hot water, and solar electric, not batteries yeah, yet. Yeah, not storage. That's that what we understand. That's our case, but it, they're working on it. Yeah. So you know, and that's that's a big deal because you're looking at um, you know mitigating a big part of that cap capital expenditure, and then um, you know it providing yeah. a great inroads to you, another. You like part. using big words, but the the practical upshot of that is you keep <laughs> paying the same bill. It's going to be hopefully a little less. I think 10% was their, was their threshold. Um, you, know, you have to have projected less on your bill. You have to, you have to show so that you're going to have 10%, so 10, savings, 10% savings, which is not hard to do. Which is not hard to do, right. And you will essentially get a solar system for free. And it sounds like one of those stupid clickbait well, ads, but, but it's, it's not. not for free. You're paying it, it back. You're paying it back. But it would, it's on the same bill that you would be paying anyway. Right. So, so, <laughs> so it's exciting. Would you really be linked still to that utility 20 years from now otherwise? Right. You're so, so it, it, well, it, that's an interesting question. So how does it transfer <laughs> over? Well, it stays with the meter, right? Yeah. No, but I mean, again, it's, it's convenient now, and, and we have the relationship with the utility that really is so key. Do you honestly think they're going to go away? I'm not a proponent of the, the whole grid defection thing or whatever else. I mean, I think that no, there's, there's, very, there's very you're much a move, right? Huh? Well, I mean, I, I'm saying I, I think I was thinking more just a voluntary thing. But, you know, you look at the wildfire situation. I mean, you, you can't deny what happened in California where one wildfire wiped out a utility 10 times larger than Mika. And, you know, so th- we oh, you're talking about stability of the utility itself. Sure, or, I mean, it, you know, all these things. I, I, mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think people, utilities yeah. are going to, I, dra- I absolutely agree, they're going to they're gonna change form drastically. Um, but there is very much a role to play for a network between multiple homes, whether it's microgrid or microgrid to microgrid. There's going to be have to be some kind of, because it provides a tremendous amount of stability. I mean, what if, if if you decide to take yourself off grid and your system goes down? Well, you're SOL. So, <laughs> so, so Brian, so if you can if you can pull from your neighbors in some way, well, who's going to maintain that infrastructure? 
There has yeah. to be a utility of some kind. It's just going to be a very different model than what they are used to right now. Sure, you need a transmission <laughs> and distribution utility if you're an island. Sure. Uh, there's no question. I mean, yep. unless we imagine some giant wireless leap in the future. But based on everything that's proven today, 100% agree. But will it still be a utility that they own all the generators? So you're saying this, this program could exceed the current uh, type of utility that we have, and it's being issued based on the meters, which are part of the utility. This, this particular program, we actually should point out, Hawaii Energy, they're the good guys in this. This is a rescue of a program that actually failed in its first version. You're talking about mm -hmm. gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we need to be be honest about that. And and now the, the, the money was already put aside minus what's been lost. So... You know, what What are you going to do with that bucket of money is what, what the ledge was faced with and what Hawaii Energy was faced with. And, and I don't have any problem with the, you know, the choices they made. I just, is this really helpful? Anything that doesn't have an interconnection review in the list of what they'll cover, that makes sense. But when you think about PV right now, I mean, as long as there's an interconnection review and nothing about this process shortens or even begins your interconnection review... It's really hard to get excited for me about, about gems and PV. This, this is a great point. This is yeah, a great point. Yeah. And I've had this conversation recently. And Brian, jump in here at any moment. Our, our <laughs> conversation has taken a decided turn. But so, the uh, uh, you know, one of the things, when I, was, I was trying to explain this to a couple of friends of mine because they're calling me up on a regular basis. And they're saying, hey, Josh, what's going on? And I tell them what I know and what I don't know. But the, 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 the reality is right now that we've got more utility programs on offer than we've ever had before. Would you agree, Doug? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I, I was speaking with Amy Ederling, I'd say like three or four days ago, I asked her to give me a, just a real kind of brief uh, uh, sense, quick sense of what was happening and how these uh, different programs, these different programs being CGS Plus, CSS, uh, not so much Smart Expert, I don't know where that, that is right CGS now. CGS even. CGS even kind of had a little bit of an upswing, right? We got that, some of that back after a certain change. So uh, how quickly they're being processed. She said that, you know, that initial period is literally less than a week. Like, hey, your docs are in, we've crossed your T's, dotted our I's. So that second period could be uh, less than two weeks. She said that almost no, no applications at this moment are hitting the 35-day PUC mandated max. So if we're in a position, now I'm not saying that it's guaranteed to stay that way or that yeah. it actually is, but if we're in a position where that's, that is happening and we do have this new funding isn't that an exciting confluence of events for a little while yeah i'd concede at that point if that's the new reality that that pretty much everyone gets it done in 10 working days uh, you can't argue with that i'm not i wouldn't uh, Just see uh, if why would you want to i want to point out though while we're talking about miko speeding up let's also talk about what's happening on the back end okay yeah if anyone's put in solar recently right now miko is running you know, um, 45 days, a month minimum, you know, from the time that you finish your system, give them the paperwork to oh, their yeah. inspection. And so, you know, right now in the middle of the year, not a big deal. But, you know, we have this conversation in December. People are going to be screaming. If, and here's, and here's yeah. why, folks, because if you, you need to get that meter swapped in technically to be able to claim your tax credits within the year, right? So right. if you're sitting there looking at a project, any project matters, right? But if you're looking at a project and your average size is $50,000 and you're trying to take advantage of your tax credits in April when you issue your, when you file your taxes and it's December 31st and you haven't had your system, uh, maybe it's been finaled, but it had, the meter's not been in. It's a little bit of gray area there if you're able to get your tax credits. In oh, I'm going to put it on the taxes anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> why are we That's dealing? man right yeah. there. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm not going to lose that. We did all. an M plus just over in our house and the time gap right so we had a march 1st county final no march 1st per county permit may 1st county final and i think it's gonna be like june 17th for the first miko inspection march, so may june yeah so i mean you know you know you're looking at from may 1st that's 45 days and i think the way the rules work the problem is if if 
if everything they find in the inspection proves okay, it, it, it relates back. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything that needed to be fixed, anything, those are the guys that are at risk of losing the tax credit. That's that's the risk. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Great point. Great point taken. So, Brian, okay. let's 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 uh, think a little bit here about how uh, uh, Hawaii Energy is playing a role. I you know one thing I wanted to ask you about on the on the macro side because you must be thinking. Okay, you, you, you it's almost like your purview here is 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 it all of Hawaii? Is it also Kauai? Is it Oahu, Big Island, Maui, and Kauai? Not Kauai. Just, so it is. We serve the what's the Hawaiian Electric Utility. Right. Right. Uh, and so within that, you know, um, you might, do you have a bead kind of like on how much efficiencies can make a difference out here? Because there's so much, and all of a sudden we're seeing all this movement of renewable energy. We're seeing not only um, the residential that's kind of matured and is starting to go post NEM, but we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, I, I saw some articles that said CNI is, is huge, and uh, commercial industrial batteries, and then now we're seeing utility stuff you know, just off the charts, right? So big movements towards renewable energies, and then when you think about energy efficiencies, I think sometimes people don't feel like it's so excited. It's exciting, you know, and maybe it doesn't always get like the limelight, right? But I mean, what I understand about uh, energy efficiencies is that there's a huge delta waiting to kind of be taken advantage of uh, across the country and across the world. I mean, do you do you think about that at night? Like when you go when you go to sleep, do you go, geez, if only people would do what we need them to do, we can make a huge difference right there. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about energy efficiency, basically what you're talking about is reducing waste, and nobody is in favor of waste, right? So if you look at it with that lens, it, it really it really is motherhood and apple pie. Then it becomes, why aren't people doing it, right? And and that's what we're here to try and help solve. If it's a, if it's financial barriers, if it's technical barriers, if it's you know financing barriers, those are the things that we're essentially trying to address and. I think Maui is very fortunate from the standpoint of the size, the amount of real estate that you have, right? You'll be able to hit your 100% goals. Whereas on Oahu, we physically do not have the space to build the amount of renewable generation unless we start looking at some offshore type uh, generation facilities to be able to achieve our 100% goal. If we, even if we covered every rooftop, every parking lot, and we, you know, then the whole question about how much ag land do we convert to make solar farms. Yeah. So we, these we are, have we're to get there by reducing right our waste. Now. We yeah. have to have more energy efficiency. And I think we're excited to see even the utilities are, are coming out and, and going on record saying that it, it'll be difficult, if not impossible, for us to achieve our hundred percent goal without efficiency. So, so what are what are some of the biggest opportunities in your world? When you look at energy efficiency across the islands, what are the first couple of rank ordered ones that you, you think about? So, so cooling is probably one of the, the largest ones. Everybody can visually see lighting and I think lighting we've we've made a pretty good dent in because I, I see a lot of businesses and homes that are going to LED lighting uh, and partly because it's it's very easy to do, right? You go to Costco or you go where else Bulbs are cheap. You got the Hawaii energy rebate right there on the spot. So people are doing that. But one of the trends that we've seen happen across over the past five to seven years is more and more people install PV. What they also realize is, huh, why don't I put in air conditioning too? Because now my energy costs can go down, right? I'm, I'm supplying it from the PV. So we have this bit of a, a delta. If you're not putting in storage, right, with this, uh, your energy is being produced during the day with your PV system, but you're probably using your air conditioning when you come home at night mm-hmm. and so how and when you use energy is becoming increasingly more important and absent having you know more robust time of use rates i think that's partly where we're trying to focus now or what are the technologies that not only save energy but 
we'll save energy during the peak. And how can we help reduce the peak? Because that's as important as just reducing kilowatt hours. When you say peak, are we talking about peak, like when people get home at night and turn everything on? Or are we talking about um, peak? peak right, during, the, yeah. the utilities peak demand period, which right. is traditionally about five to nine. This air conditioning conversation I find particularly interesting because, uh, you know, for, uh, we were definitely heavily engaged uh, as a solar provider uh, over the years in the PVAC kind of uh, you know, ramp up. And that was at a time where uh, permitting for solar was getting increasingly more difficult and we didn't, NAM is just finishing and PVAC had the, the cooling in the schools initiative and everyone was really excited about PVAC. But we started to discover some of the limitations with that, right? And uh, not only for the certain PVAC that was, uh, you know, uh, at, it was in PVAC just for folks at home is a, you know, photovoltaic powered uh, uh, split air conditioning system. Uh, and there were a couple of different models and they had a couple of different limitations. But right now, when I think about uh, air conditioning, some of the things we learned in that period about cooling and using the cooling energy, you know, at the peak time, getting all that free energy from the sun, cooling the house, almost like getting a ballast earlier in the day, and then being able to come home and have a cooler house, that made sense and stayed with me now. But yeah, now the solution, yeah. I think, is changing because you have access to CSS. You, ha you could put in a CSS system and you can put in a conventional air conditioning system and kind of get the same thing, you know? So are you, right. when we think about this, Brian, are you kind of like, are you following these types of technology and, and kind of policy changes to try to figure out how to recommend you know, optimal solutions to people? Absolutely. And I think even, we just filed our triennial plan for the next three years, uh, beginning July 1st. We filed that with the commission on May 1st. It's still is under review and approval, but part of where we're going in the next triennial, it, we are being a little more expansive. Energy efficiency will always be our core, but what you're highlighting is that for, you know, if, if you own a home or you're renting your place, uh, you don't subdivide your energy use by, well, this is energy efficiency and this is storage and this yeah. is PV. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all one conversation, and, and that's what we're realizing, too, that we need to be more of a resource for our families and businesses about whether it be the education and, and kind of what you've, you, know, you spoke to already of, of okay, now I'm, I'm behaving in this way, I'm operating my systems in this way. Well, our programs are going to start to evolve to hopefully line up for future time of use rates, but also provide different incentives for, for smart appliances and things that can be a little more grid interactive and help us get to our 100%. So it's changing where our metrics won't solely be uh, kilowatt hour reductions. It's going to be how do we better aligned to our state's 100% clean energy goal and our state's 100% you know, carbon neutrality goal as well. So there's an opportunity here for you to find products or appliances that are going to help with these strategies and then provide some rebates for those specific types of technologies? That's correct. That's interesting. Right, because you could we 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 live in a world of a lot of those technologies floating around. Right, <laughs> people sure. are people are kind of uh, like throwing them at us like darts from the mainland on a regular basis, and we're kind of going, oh, that's an interesting one. Oh, that's an interesting one, you know. And so we and a lot of the times I think to myself, I'm like, this isn't traditionally solar, and this isn't traditionally even an energy efficiency retrofit. This mm -hmm. kind of lives in a slightly different world, but it does potentially have that impact. Could yep. you guys ever support an off-grid one, or does it have to be at least like a micro-grid? Does it have to be grid-tied in some way? It, it has to be grid-tied from the standpoint of our funding comes from electric ratepayers, right? So um, there's that lens, and then I think there's also the lens of uh, the more that resources can be grid-tied um, and provide you know, ancillary benefit, the, the easier we will get to that 100% goal. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, Ooh, you got a little background noise there. So, um, yeah, no, there's uh, we. I started thinking about things like we've been discussing. I mean, of course, we have, uh, you know, um, the batteries are now we're talking about virtual power plant capabilities. We're talking about value stacking and what type of service can provide to the grid. In addition to that, some of these technologies are integrating smart house equipment. I mean, to give you an example, like if you were to put tinting on your windows and you know, mitigate your air conditioning use through that, would that be something that's uh, potentially applicable? <laughs> or if your shades could be, uh, you know, uh, employed in that? I mean, there's a lot of room for exploration. I mean, is that the type of stuff we're thinking about, Brian? That's the kind of stuff we're looking into right now. And we're trying to be, again, more expensive. I'll give you... I'll give you another example. Um, one of the things that we found, we ran a, a charging EV charging station pilot program this year. Um, and the idea was we targeted workplaces specifically because we wanted daytime charging to help mm -hmm, with, this, mm -hmm. you know, with this duck curve. And yeah. one of the things that we found was a, a couple of businesses, you know, the biggest challenge was just the electrical infrastructure upgrade that was required to be able to you know, host these new EV charging stations. Well, when they paired that with a LED lighting retrofit in their garage, all of a sudden that electrical infrastructure upgrade isn't needed. They still needed Whoa. to run the line, right, to where the charger was going to be, but we significantly reduced the cost of what that charging station would have been all in. And so I think that's where we're, we're trying to find where those synergies are, where our core of energy efficiency can tie into you know, these other clean energy technologies. That's fascinating, Brian. So what I just heard there was that uh, when you want to put in a new uh, electric vehicle charging system for, you know, maybe a large scale uh, project, going after other loads, mitigating those loads considerably reduces the amount of infrastructure uh, cost to get all that whole the system back up and infrastructure for right? the, for the, like for the TMK. It's all part of the same conversation, <laughs> right? And yeah. it, it is, it is. Yeah. and I think that was partly what was missing within she our smart. in the past. And this is really where the one plus one equals three. And we need to start looking at these solutions a little more holistically to really maximize the benefit. I mean, I think you guys have seen it on the, on the PV and storage side for some time now, you needed to stack, all the different benefits within storage in the early days to make it cost effective, right? And now that storage prices are coming down, it's changing that momentum. But the more we can value stack with, with all of these technologies, the, the better financial return we're going to have and the easier it is for us to to be able to get these technologies installed. Feels like we're getting there. Hey, Brian, we're going to wrap up soon, but um, do you have a final message for our listeners or anything you'd like to share? How can they reach you? How can they take advantage of your services? Sure. Well, I would like to encourage anyone, if you haven't taken advantage of our programs, please do. You're, you're paying for our services and our rebates through your electric bill every month. So I would encourage you to take a look at our website, www.hawaiienergy.com. You'll see we have a number of rebates for energy efficient equipment for your home or for your business. Or, of course, if you're on Maui and you know Walter, give him a call. He'd be happy to help you out as well. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, we can't thank you enough, Brian K. Aloha, Executive Director of Hawaii Energy, uh, for coming on the show with us. Thank you also to Doug McLeod. Uh, I call him Solar Gang. Sir, former uh, <laughs> former <laughs> Renewable Energy Commissioner of Maui uh, County, or Energy Commissioner of Maui County. And uh, hey, let's also uh, th give thanks to our uh, sponsors, Sundrum Solar, Mr. Michael and Thierry, aloha here in Maui today, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. It's been a great show, folks. Uh, yeah, energy efficiency is yeah. the way to go. Solar-coaster.com, hit like and subscribe. All right, aloha Friday, folks. Have a great weekend.